Sturm, I believe very strongly that this is the area of the mental game that I don't think a lot of people realize. And welcome back. Welcome aboard another part train. I'm one of your co-hosts, Evan Singer. We got Matt Cermak, my partner in crime, with me. What's up, Evan? It's always great to be back. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. I just got back in town. We'll get to that in a second. Fighting some jet lag. So we're grinding today. But guys, yeah. if your golf game is off the rails, if you're sick of riding that struggle bus, you come to the right place. All right. We help frustrated golfers enjoy the ride again. Because if you can learn to smile through bad golf, you can smile through anything. We unpack the mental game with anyone from a PJ Tour Pro to a golfer like you and me. And that's what today is all about. A mental game roundtable. We haven't done one of these in a little while. Serm's got some incredible light bulb moments. Yeah. Yeah. Some great light bulb moments that I think you guys will find super helpful for your game. But before we get to that, Serm, I realized something really funny as I got back from Bali a few nights ago, a couple nights ago, and I was unpacking. Okay. My wife's the type of person she unpacks as soon as she gets home. I unpack like a day or two later, right? Chip put you chip and away in it. I chip away. And she was like, you know, we got Ryan coming to stay with us, our mutual buddy on Thursday. Oh, yeah. It's a bit of a whirlwind. Let I gotta unpack a little bit sooner than I would have, right? So guess what the only clean things in my suitcase? Non-rowback shorts. The only things I didn't wear were non-rowback shorts. And I really think the things that you don't bring with you on trips or the things that you don't wear on trips is really indicative of the things that you don't really like. And the things that you wear the most and you always bring on trips are the things that you love the most. There's no way around it. So I think it's really telling. I wore rowback polos to every dinner in Bali and I wore rowback shorts. And it's like we've talked about a million times. It's so versatile. It's so comfortable. It's so light. It's so breathable that it's just like that really speaks to how good this stuff is. Like, I'm not just saying this because they're our presenting sponsor. Like it, the proof's in the pudding. I didn't wear my other golf shorts to dinners and around town. I love it. I love you taking it Roback International. I mean, when you get your Roback look down, right, you're known for the hoodies, you're no, you're known for the shorts. It's just like, yeah. I mean, it's just because it is so comfortable and it's so versatile. You know, I like the polos and the vests. You like the polos as well too, but it's just, it's just like, just, you just become a creature of habit. And it's just because it's so good. Yeah. The brand. And you're so right about the zipper. The zipper in the pocket is so huge, especially when I'm traveling, I'm hopping in cabs, I'm flying. Yeah. Like it's, it's huge to have my AirPods in there. Yep. Um, Keys. And you don't have to worry about them falling out. You just throw them in the zipper pocket. You're good to go. So rowback.com, enter the code train, get 15% off. And if the code doesn't work, it means you probably use it before. <laughs> so use your wife's email, create a hotmail, do whatever you have to do. Yes. Roback hasn't yelled at us yet for saying that. So if you, de- if you tell someone that, you didn't hear from us. Okay. Just do what you have to do. All right. This was a bit of a grind. This felt like old days. Just so you guys yep. know, Sarm's been on the phone with IT. Okay. What I what mean, what were their names? What? Jesus and Rob. <laughs> we're, we're, we've been we haven't done a pod in like a month, and it's showing having <laughs> video problems. Then we're having audio problems. You know, you're a little jet lagged with the intro. Um, it just seems like. You know, yeah, we're back in circa 2017. We're doing this, and yeah. I'm having connection issues. A lot of connection issues back then. Yep. So yep. I guess we'll call this a throwback episode. We like to grind, you know. Yep. And we like we're grinding. To talk about unpacking the suitcases. We're gonna unpack a few things today about your trip, about me playing the last couple of weekends. You haven't touched a club, Ev. Yeah. You know, people That's worry rare. about you. They know you're having a good time, but like, is this guy gonna be okay for two weeks? I, I don't know. It's been tough. But I've got some things to say about taking a break, too. So we'll get to that. But first, let's just dive in, because I think what we were talking off air, there's a ton of really great stuff here. I mean, Serm, in the last two weeks, shot a one over 71. Yep. And a two under 70. Yeah. Where do you want to start? I'll I'll leave it to you. There's a ton of good stuff we're going to get into here. But where do you want to start? Yeah, I mean, I think. It's, it's, I was really proud of myself in both of these rounds because, um, 
the theme here was the driver just wasn't there. So to be able to put together some some good scores, it's just these are the rounds I think you become most proud of uh, in a lot of yeah. ways because you there was something that just wasn't clicking and and it just kind of felt like a little actually sirens flashing a little bit to me mm. with my driver and as I shared with you, Ev, and as you know, this started the the year my driver maybe the best i've had been in a long time you saw it out in arizona for three straight days yeah uh, had a 69 uh a month or so after but Heard the last it. couple rounds the scores don't show it which i'm really proud of but something's not been feeling right with my driver and that obviously means a lack of consistency that you like to talk about the two-way miss you know opening up the round second or third hole hitting a pull hook we love we don't we don't really like those Mm-hmm. Um, would you say, sir, I'm real quick that the, that's the one thing we share is the driver is probably the thing that frustrates us both the most. And maybe the thing we both struggle with the most. Yeah, probably. I mean, I, you know, I, I it's probably fair. I think, yeah, I had some real struggles with my driver in college when I was getting too analytical with my swing. So, and then even Post college, I feel like I've gradually gotten better with the club, but yeah, there's a there's a certain level of frustration and doubt that can creep in easily. Would you agree? You, yeah. Do you think there's um, it almost hurts more when you start hitting it well and then you feel like you quote regress, even though we know that that's not a thing, because there's so many of those past wounds that the excitement level for starting to hit it well feels even better because you feel like you've overcome something that you historically struggled with. Yeah, but then I mean, when, when it reverts, a, it's like, it feels almost even worse. I mean, you know, when you have a good driving day, you feel like a hero. Yeah. Right? You really do. <laughs> That's because... really true. That's a good way to put it. You do feel like <laughs> a hero. You feel like you can't, you can't do anything <laughs> wrong. Like who cares if you're not hitting I mean, yeah, you don't want to not hit a green from 100 out, but, like, you just stripe the fairway. Like, it does definitely feel good. Right. Trees left, you know, water right or long dog leg and just you're just piping drives because it's, you know, it's a hard shot to do. You know, you're we're swinging, swinging hard, you're swinging fast. And so, yeah, the driver is just kind of always a, always a, a little bit of a battle for me and for you. And you, you know, you really start to question yourself when you're like, what, what, what's, what's changed, you know, and that we'll talk about this too, Ev. I mean, you know, and then you start fooling around with stuff. Right. So, you know, I was thinking mid round. Yeah, no, not mid round, but in like in rounds. between, in between rounds. So to kind of break down these rounds a little bit, Ev, uh, the 71, I was playing a golf course that was pretty tight, not tons of water by any means, but just old school tree line, Chicago land golf, you know, smaller greens, not super long course, 63, 6,400 yards. And everything's pretty in front of you, except for maybe one hole on the back nine. Everything's like, okay, you just got to, you know, you just got to hit a straight tee shots or you're hitting hooks, in, you know, in low fades around trees or pitching out. As I've said on the show before, Ev, like this type of golf, hit a driver, right? Like there's not a lot of hole un- unless – I'm, you know, 250 yards to, to that pond in the middle of the fairway. Right. Right. But just because there's trouble left or trouble, right. Or whatever you deem as trouble, you can see, you can see the whole right in front of you. It's a hit driver. So, um, I started off the round. Right. Cause your dispersion with a three wood is the same as the dispersion with the driver. So taking right. yards off is going to make it harder to score per Correct. the data. Lou Stagner, our, our latest episode, talks a lot about that, as you guys know. You guys should definitely check that episode out. Yep. 257, I believe. Um, it might be but, you know, But here's the predicament, Ab, right? So no, you're right, couple, 257. The first couple holes, first hole, I'm not going to go through every hole, guys, but first hole, I hit driver, par four, like, I don't know, 390 yards, 400 yards. I kind of pop it up, but down the middle. Not like a total, like total pop up, but a little high in the face, but dead straight. Huh, okay, good miss for swing of the day, so to speak. Mm-hmm. No warm up. up. No, I warmed up. Okay. So I'm, not, I'm making yeah. a little excuse. 
you know, you know me, Evan. They're you an love hour the early, warm up. Yeah, yeah. They're an hour early snack stretch. Sure. Ranch pudding bunker. <laughs> Sunscreen. Sunscreen or something. Uh, second hole, just tight hole. You know, trees left, trees right, and I pole hook it. Pull hook. Like low. Yeah, yeah, kind of medium trajectory low. Hit it hard and just. just Your least favorite shot. You know, there was some trouble, maybe like 290, 300 out, but I wasn't going to get to that because it was, it was a hot, soft day. But it was a little in my head, a little in my head, mm. and I hit this. I um, actually got a pretty good break. Ball kind of came down straight down the tree, made a par. So the rest of the front nine, you know, it's a lot of these holes, 380, 390, um, or fours, where you could hit three, but I'm trying to hit driver, and I'm just not really keeping it in play. But the whole theme Ev, for the round was, let's just keep at it. It's the right shot. It's the, yeah, don't give up on. Don't give up on this because, yeah. you know, you're just not quite settled in yet. That was my attitude. Mm-hmm. And I was finding a way. Now, I was finding a way to get up and down. I was missing these fairways, which was great. And then, you know, there was a short hole or two where maybe driver was not in, not the choice, you know, and I, I would put it in play and make a birdie here or there. So now, real quick, get, just so yes. people know, the tree line, is this like classic Midwest where there's a shit ton of trees and you yeah. got to punch out basically like it's yeah. hard to make kind of a hero shot out of them where it, yeah, you're, you're going to be working all day. It's very dense, right? Yeah, okay. so it's just, yeah, very dense trees. You're going to go into the trees and trees are going to be above you, below you, and you could have a shot or you could not, Yeah, but, uh, you, you you've i mean you've grown up in the midwest you've seen this golf yeah um or playing some of the old school private clubs in la yeah um but um you know but they're not long holes have right so it's like okay if i hit driver like lou or scott foss would say well you pull it you push it but you get it out there 275 280 you know you still got an opportunity to at least make par um so um, I was just kind of managing my game, missing some fairways. Then I got to the back nine, Ev, and I made two really good swings with the driver. It's like, whoa, where did that come from? Why does it take, you know this, right? why does it take 12 holes, 13 mm-hmm. holes? And then <laughs> two of the, then the last three holes, I lost it again. And it's like, you know those rounds, Ev, it, you know, when you feel like, okay, it's not there, but then, oh, I'm gaining the momentum, and then all of a sudden I'm not. So it's it was just like a fight to find the driver. What I was proud of is I scrambled great. I was hitting great, great punch outs. My bunker play was awesome, you know, pitching around the greens. And then when I did have an opportunity for birdie, I made a couple because I had a couple of bogeys because of the missed fairways. And I ended up shooting 71. And I want to highlight this because I was proud of myself. For, I felt like I was committing to the right club off the tee. Now, some guys might say, well, maybe you should have just taken driver out of play. You know, it's obviously better. To, it can be better to be 160 out middle of the fairway as opposed to 120 uh, middle of the fairway. Those options were there. Yeah. Do you think because it was a shorter course, did that come in your mind? Like this is probably a course where I can get away with three wood, even though the hole doesn't yeah, it, textbook yeah, call for it. Yeah. And I just, you know, out of the trees, I can, I've got the ability because I'm, I'm, I'm a good player to make some things happen too. At least, you know, getting it near the green. So you've talked about sometimes you have that level of confidence when you're even when you're not hitting straight, right? You you know you've talked about something switch comes on, you know, like man, I can you know not be overly aggressive on that second shot in the trees, but I really know how, how to work my hands, which I know you do too. Mm-hmm. So I, I know that's something that you've dealt with a lot, and you're like, how come I can't hit a driver, but I can go hit that four iron one eighty. Bended 10 yards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so it was just this kind of this little bit of a swagger there, but my mind was racing the whole day off the tee, but I felt like an absolute, you know, stud with everything else. How and many bogeys so did you make out of the trees? Because remember, uh, we've talked about this when you get in the trees yeah. and you still try and make par, sometimes you can bring double or yeah. worse in a play. Whereas if you accept bogey, which is what the stats say, 80% of tour pros that hit in the trees make bogey. Right. On one hand, a listener might think, well, that seems stupid. 
why wouldn't you try to make par? Um, yeah. But if you're playing for bogey, that can almost dictate your strategy to be more conservative. Do you think your strategy was more bogey save well, or did, were, were you trying to like hit hero shots and run them up still to make par? It's kind of a combo. Ev. My goal, you know, when you have that shot out of the trees, we got to go low, but you've got a chance to get it near the green. If you execute it, my always goal is to be short of the green. Mm-hmm. So the one thing I'm thinking there is I'm going to find a way to get something up there and be pretty aggressive, but only to an extent mm-hmm. because this course has small greens and anything long. It's just not great, you know, cause you're, you're chipping back up. You usually going greens yeah. running away from you and you're coming out of the rough. So I was kind of like, you know, all right, I'm going to give this a go if I can but I'm really thinking about that club selection a little bit. Right. And my miss is going to be short so I can at least have, and you know, that happened a few times and I got up and down. So I ended up making four birdies or four, three birdies and four bogeys to shoot one over. So, you know, it was great scrambling. It was like, I hit every drive you could imagine, you know, and I guess that, and that's golf a lot of ways, but low left and all of a sudden then a high right and pop up straight. Then, Oh, I just crushed it, low trajectory. And then, I don't know, why do we get such in our head about the driver? I mean, I'm, I'm just, I was questioning my alignment. I was questioning where my shoulders were. You know, it's like you're trying to settle in. I wasn't really mm-hmm. thinking so much about my backswing or it's like, you think you're just going to find a way to get comfortable. And that's what I couldn't get to. You know what this reminds team. me of? It reminds me of that Podrick Harrington quote. And, you know, Podrick's been coached by Rotella for years who's obviously been on the show our most popular episode 172 if you haven't listened to that one well i don't know what you're doing so hop off this ride quickly go listen to 172 and come back to this but it reminds me of something that podrick says which is so hard to do but he says you can't let the game become a game of um what's the word he used shoot here's the jet lag coming in cloud in my brain What's the word you're making little changes based on the last swing to this swing to the next swing in compensations? It can't um, be a game of it can't yeah, be a game of compensations compensation. because yeah. if you miss the shot, let's use your left miss as an example, right? If you make a compensation to avoid the low left on T box two, let's just say you did that on hole one. I know you didn't, but let's just for this example, hole two. You might hit a high right because of the compensation left yeah. that you wouldn't have hit without the compensation. The other thing it makes me think of, Serm, is there's been times I sit there and I smile and I think, and this always happens to me too. It always happens on the back nine because I'm very uncomfortable at the beginning. I've got a ton of baggage, anxiety that I've dealt with, with the driver, And sometimes it takes the body warming up, starting to see some good shots to get into confidence. I don't like that it takes that. I'd like to be able to feel confident regardless, but admittingly, it's hard to do. And we've all hit that perfect drive and we say to ourselves, where's that been? Or finally. But then you might think this is a silly, this might not even be a good way to think about it, but I'm going to just be honest. I've sometimes thought to myself, maybe finally isn't a helpful thought because maybe that's just in my dispersion. Maybe that's in my Rolodex of shots. Like, isn't it kind of silly that I'm hitting left and right all day, every round. And then I hit a perfect one, like maybe three times, two to three good ones. And I think suddenly I think that that should be 12 to 14 times, but my right. law of averages, that's not the case. Yeah. No, I, I, you're, I think you're dead on. I know we've recently talked around these topics, like where just because you have a bad drive rolling around it, you can't let it define you. Now it's easy to do. Mm-hmm. Right. I think back to playing Arizona with you at the uh, true links classic this year. We had such a good time. I hit my driver. That was the start of the year. That was in May. I hit my driver. Awesome. That's All the best I've seen you hit the ball. Desert golf. You know, I hit my three-wood great off the tee, too. 
And I remember the last swing of the tournament, I pull hooked it into uh, the, the desert, the last hole of the tournament. And the reason why I did that is because I was in between clubs. I just wasn't clear, right? Yeah. So I wasn't really mad. But, but this round I played, I was just describing in the next round I'll, I'll talk about. Again, great scores, all things considered. But it's a little more going on than not being clear with what to do. It's the second guessing of, I would say, my setup that's creeped in. You ever wonder why a PGA Tour pro takes off their hat and kind of messes with their hair when they're before they shake hands? I used to think it was just because their hair was messed up, but then I realized as my hair started thinning as I got older, it's because when you wear a hat playing golf, it exacerbates the look of thinning hair. It kind of mats your hair down. It just doesn't look good. We all know it. So one thing I did is I took action. Instead of all these PGA Tour pros that just accept that they're gonna lose their hair and become bald, I actually did some research and I found something that Matthew McConaughey used in his book, Green Lights. And I found Regenix. It's all plant-based, proven by science, all personalized, no pills. It actually targets the follicle. And one thing I didn't know is actually what causes hair loss is the follicle gets a lot of debris in it. So it's actually not just strengthening hair follicles and helping hair grow back. It's actually restoring the health of the follicle and cleaning out the follicle itself. So I've used Regenix for two and a half years. I did it before my wedding and I've never been happier. So go to Regenix.com, enter the code train, get 15% off the starter kit, and you won't look like Tiger Woods out there. You'll probably look like Adam Scott. All right, let's get back to the show. Where's the um, doubt in your setup? I don't feel like my waggles and the way my shoulders are positioned are happening naturally. Like when I walk into the ball and I'm just, you know, especially with the driver, you know, that left arm wants to be on top of the right, you know, and I just, and I, I, and I don't, I don't know if I think I'm aimed a little right now instead of more left. Like I hit, hit that cut that you love that I can mm -hmm. do so well when I do it. So I'm just kind of, this, is like, that because you were, when you got a lesson or something or someone told told you your brother said you no, were a no, little lined a up a little from, too far left lesson from Pat, and he said my alignment looked great you know <laughs> so why are you so, lined up a little bit more right yeah i don't know i think it to me because this is what's so tough about golf right but i gotta figure this out it's a good question it's just you when you feel different every day you're just you know and yeah. you're, so you're just, just feeling a little discomfort in the body basically and what that does like is it just doesn't you, feel great and right. And for me, I lose probably a little more sight of actually where I want to go with my target. And I'm a little caught up and it probably creates tension. So mm -hmm. it's going to create, I mean, that low left is that is just really fast, yeah. you know, and that high right is just give up a phrase. Well, this, this is great you know? because I, I'm pretty sure we have to look back at your mental golf type, but I'm pretty sure you're a target side dominant golfer. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And that's actually a great tool for everybody. If you do your free mental golf type assessment on mentalgolftype.com, that's a sign, I guess, for CIRM. We just realized just now live that that's a sign that you're moving into stress when you get player side, when yep. you get stuck in alignment, when you get stuck in takeaway, when you get stuck in that stuff. Too many checkpoints. Too I'm many just, checkpoints I'm versus you'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm getting, I got, what happened on that drive? I went low left. Be like, oh yeah, I, I Definitely was a little bit more player side. All right, yeah. let me let me get more target side and get focused on your flight and your target. But I mean, let me ask you this. If you had to change your narrative internally, what would you change about the things you're saying to yourself around the driver of this notion of I had it, I lost it, what's happening here? The yeah. sirens going off. Like maybe this is some good areas to dig in on. Yeah, no, it is. And it's why this is why the game's so wacky. I've like, why in May in Arizona, really my first group of consecutive rounds for the year. Remember Chicago guy mm -hmm. for weather. I hadn't played. And then you're playing in desert golf and you know, we know how that can be challenging. And I was just, and you know what I think? You of? didn't miss many fairways. You know what I think of? I had Brett send me the videos. We got all the footage. What I noticed in a lot of those swings was the tempo was a little more together. So we'll say a little smoother. I think I've gotten this a little too amped up. I've lost 
some control. Now I'm have gotten to the point now, I don't know how you are, but I feel like I've got to swing a little harder. It's hard to dial down with the driver, but growing up, my coach always said, you have to have two speeds, right? Mm. You know, you got to have your control speed and, you know, and then kind of like a, a fairway finder versus a let it go. Yeah. It and rip. that's kind of your, your kind of classic speed. And then when you have an opportunity to dial it up, you dial it up. Yeah. So I noticed in a lot of those swings, I just took a little more in control. My left foot's not flying as much. You know, sometimes I really like to try to clear. That's kind of a notice for me. So, but beyond the swing, a, it's not a good. It's not a good combination when you're maybe second guessing your alignment, or right. my my setup and my shoulders, and then you're just taking a rip. So what you're saying is, full commitment might not be there because you're questioning something on player side. You get away from target side, but yep. did you answer the question of? what you would change in your narrative when you hit a poor drive back and forth and how you react to errant drives. Cause I gotta, I gotta listen to this too. Cause we yeah, all get I into mean, this trap, right? Well, what I think the narrative is I've, I've got a, well, I don't know if this is too technical, but like, if I just got to stop, I got to stop being technician over the ball. Right. I'm not so worried about maybe where it's going to go, but I'm, in that round i'm just worried about I, i'm getting that perfect setup as you know what you did i'll you know? tell you one thing you did in arizona and by the way i have a hypothesis why you played well in arizona but i'm gonna wait till you talk about the second round because i think there's a parallel there but i'm gonna wait until you talk about it to see if my hypothesis yeah. is is on point but one thing you talked a lot about in arizona is shot making yeah even with the driver, you're like, because remember, we're on camera. So right. we're vocalizing, which, by the way, isn't comfortable to be on camera, whether you're playing well or not. It's yeah. very uncomfortable. But we're on camera. So therefore, you were more likely to vocalize for the footage what you're trying to do. So you said, all right, I'm going to hit a little lower cut here. Or yeah. this calls for a little bit of a draw. So I'm going to try and draw this one. So guess what that means? You got really target focused and shot right. making because you are such a good shot maker. That's a good point, Ev. Yeah. And even with the driver, right? It's a little simpler with the maybe the driver compared to like me shaping a seven iron. Yeah. But the driver's like cut off that left branch, right? Yeah. Like cut off the yeah. flat side of the bunker. And I think you're right, Ev. That's a that's a really good call out. You almost gotta just whisper it to I might need to whisper it to myself, you know. Does the whole group want to hear me announce it? No, but I could say just, just all right, cut off the bunker. I think you're right. Yeah. That'll kind of that'll get me back to my best tendencies. Yeah. As opposed to okay, you know, I'm already thinking about my setup a little too much. Ah, I yeah, love I, that. Yeah. See? And I think a lot of what a lot of people could probably take from this already is how, what what are things that we can say to ourselves that keep us in it. A little bit more than the automatic response, which is what the fuck was that? What do I need to, I, I hate the low left. What did I do? What do I need to fix compensations? Now I hit it right. What the fuck's going on? Sirens are going off. You still can't hit the driver. You were hitting the driver great two months ago without any practice. You're practicing now. Right. You see how that quickly we all get yes. into that spiral. The question is, what can we say to ourselves to not have that spiral? And one thing we learned from Dr. Joe Parent is, I think it was Dr. Joe. It might have been um, John from Mental Golf Type too. I forget. It's one of those two where they say, be a good finder, which means even on the low left, what is something good that you could come from that? Like either... That felt close, which is, you know, hard to say on a low left, but I really went after that, which is a good thing, but maybe I went after it a little too much, yeah. right? Or I didn't commit, so let's make sure I commit on the next one. You see right. how then it depersonalizes it and we're getting curious about it. Yeah, I think the, well, the key call out there that you just made too is, you know, often we, we, we always think about our best rounds, right? Or, or I'm, I'm, or your best ball striking rounds. And I'm mentioning Arizona. So I'm looking at the footage, right? Right. And 
I noticed something, you know, kind of physically in my tempo, but what, what you're saying and what we talk about, but it's easy to lose sight of. It's like, what, what was the attitude? What was the mantra? Right. And yeah. Cause me, those things was, can create your tempo, right? right. It's and not just, you were thinking about tempo. You were thinking correct. about things that created the right tempo. I am, right. I am vocalizing target and shape and tempo, right. You know, and then you created it. trajectory cut off left side of the bunker. Go right. Got it. I know how to do it. You know, and you did. Right. And I think this struggling with the driver recently is just been less of that. I know it has. Mm-hmm. I know it has. So if for all for everybody listening, like guys, you know, yeah, you want to, we always want to replicate those great swings and from those great rounds, but it's replicating those, the great attitudes or the great course management or strategy or your breathing. You really, we really have to be very aware of those, um, those great days. Cause there's a lot that goes into it. Yeah. But, but we forget then we, God, this is so we're good. We're reacting to the, 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 the present. This know? is so good. This is why I love round tables. Cause we didn't expect <laughs> to get here, but it's so good. This I, sir, I believe very strongly that this is the area of the mental game that I, I don't think a lot of people realize of the impact that it has, right? A lot of people think mental game and they think, pre-shot routine focused on target versus where I don't want to go. But like get, as we unpack this attitude, like, you know, thinking about, think about the difference of a round versus you raising the sirens. And we've all done it. I Lord knows. I mean, you you can't stop them. Sometimes you just got to be able to turn them, turn them down, turn them down. Right. But like if your round is consisted of putting out fires with the driver, think about the anxiety in the body. Think about the tightness in the body. Think about thinking about less about target. Think about how much easier it is to go player side. Think about how much easier it is to think about what people think and and all the judgment thoughts and that self-talk. But like the minute that you catch yourself in it and you say, oh, wait. Okay, that wasn't just a low left that got caused by something in my alignment, my swing. I was thinking about my my shoulders before I swung there. I wasn't I, thinking about and, and where I, I wanted and that I ball wasn't to go. Clear on my go to four right. five yard cut. Right. I didn't vocalize it. Yeah. You know? So then, okay. So Cermak now just changed sirens going on to technical fixes and compensations, which is going to impact the next four holes to. Oh, I didn't commit. Let's get back to what I do best, which is a four yard cut off of where that left bunker. Yeah. I, when I'm, when I'm playing, when I'm at my driver best, I'm real specific. Right? Yeah. It's a branch. It's a lip. It's a rake. It's a, you know, it's a part. You got to know tree. that about yourself. Right? right. But for me, it's in the distance. I'm, I've never been one to do the intermediate spot, Yeah, but I, but it's easy to get a little lax on your target when you're focusing. So, so these are the resets calling it out. Yeah. Yeah, These are the resets and more importantly, the awareness, because if you don't know that you're doing it and you don't ask the question of what did I do there? You're going to be stuck in ego, fear, negative self-talk and embarrassment all day long. And that's when we get people writing in that says I shot a 79 last week. I shot a 99 this week. And I feel lost. Well, guess what they probably were doing the whole 99 round. They were panicking about why they can't replicate what they did in the 79. When what were you doing in the 79? You were focused on probably where you were trying to hit it. You weren't trying to shoot a 79, but that's the hardest thing, right? Like it's not easy. Right. It's so it's very revealing what John Sherman tweeted, I think yesterday. Justin Thomas shoots 80, then he shoots 63. And every 15 handicapper talks about, I want to be more consistent. Right. <laughs> right. So it's a little bit like sometimes the consistency, why we don't have consistency. We have to understand why we don't have. Right. right. And that's my point about the driver miss. It's yeah. like, if, if I'm averaging two to three, like really good drives around and I'm kind of scrambling at all the other times, why am I expecting my minority 
to suddenly be the majority. I want to see that be the majority, but my expectation can't be that that's the majority, at least not right now. Well, and the last thing I'll say on this round with the driver, I had those two good back-to-back drives early in the back nine. And it's so easy for us to say like, you think oh, like, oh I, I got it. it. I found it. Yeah, I found and it. And all of a sudden I hit some terrible drives <laughs> coming in. And it's because you didn't vocalize, you weren't comfortable, you know, you, it's it can go really quick, right? Yeah. So, you know, and some days are just harder, but uh, I was proud that I at least committed to the right plan of the golf course. And I think that kept me on offense for mm-hmm. this round. And I was able to shoot a good score. At least yeah, you still shot one over. Yeah, my mantra golf. But yeah, it was some great learnings right there. And the second round that I'll feature on this episode was last weekend. I shot a 200 par 70, which is great. I was playing in the rain, okay, at the preserve at Oak Meadows. <laughs> I know, grinding. It rained for probably 14, 13 or 14 holes. Like just drizzling or like hard? It was drizzling and then it was steady. We never got to down. We never played downpour, but it was, you know, grip, just what, you know, drying the grips, jacket on, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> a couple of guys that were in town that I took out playing. They were uh, internationally traveling. They really wanted to play golf. So we we're going to finish this round. So this golf course different though, Ev. Again, not super long, playing the middle of the tee, 6,300 yards, but there's trouble everywhere. So it, it's kind of like OB, water hazards. Yeah, junk. Like you're not finding your like your ball. Fairways are a little wider, but lots of dog legs and just lots of water and, you know, environmental lands. Like you're just, you know, you're looking at a lot. I didn't have to hit a driver until the fourth hole or fifth hole, par five. Dog leg right. I like that, but trouble left. Bunker right, trouble right, but pretty wide fairway. And boy, I've I I you know how you know how this goes. I couldn't even I didn't even know what I was doing. I saw the bunker right, I saw the OB right, I saw the gunch left, and I did a, just a pull hook. You know, like I felt like I blacked out on that tee shot. I had I was not clear. Uh, what hole is this again? The fourth hole. Okay. First time to really hit driver. Got it. Found my ball next to the hazard. Were you thinking about the previous round? No. Okay. But I didn't warm up that great and it was raining. So it's kind of a tough, you know, it's a tough moment. And I just, uh, um, I hadn't, you know, and then, you know, your first, first driver, you know, it's a, it's a tough tee shot, but it's not an impossible tee shot. It's just, just do your move. Right. And I, I just made it. This is, I made a really, really bad swing that really made me, you know, that empty feeling. <laughs> yeah, I do. You know, that lonely feeling. I do. And I'm even par at this point, right? It's not about the rounds going, but it felt like, a, yeah, it just felt like a swing. Like if this comes out more today, I can't play this course. I cannot play the golf. That there's came to much, mind. There's yeah, there's too much trouble out here. And I'm playing from not a crazy long yardage, you know, 6,300 yards. So Av, you know, I made par on that hole. It's a par five. I laid up, knocked it on two putted. And for the rest of the round, I took the driver out of play. Completely. I made a decision. <laughs> you love, you love when you just make a decision. So this is opposite, right? So the last round, I hit the driver good right away. Again, different course setup, right? I can find the golf ball as opposed to not finding the golf ball if I make the bad swings off the tee. Do you find but, that you get energy when you make a decision? Because personality wise, you tend to be a little indecisive. Yeah. I think well, I think we're best we're we're best on the golf course when we're when we're committing to something. Yeah. Right? Yeah. When we're just like But it seems like you get an even bigger like boost of energy that like I committed to something, I made a decision. Cause maybe yeah. I don't know, you tell me. I'm just, you know, from what I know about you, it seems like sometimes you judge yourself for being a little indecisive. Yeah, You'd like to fair. be a little bit more decisive. I think it's fair. I think it's not. I think it's a fair assessment. Sometimes you make a decision like this. I was just thinking to myself, it's raining. I have no confidence with the driver. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to, I've got this you know, short sleeve rain jacket. That's not comfortable taking this thing off. Just going to get a little wet. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of a, warm, a muggy rainy day, the worst. And I'm going to find a way to play this golf course for the three wood. And it's possible because I, not it can be done. I'm not playing 6,800 yards, you know, 
Might have yep. to do it then anyways. So Ev, yeah. So I'm just pitting three woods. And I'm hitting three wood good. You know, you've seen me hit three wood good. I'm just, you know, much more clear about my target, getting up, boom, boom, boom. I actually bogeyed the last two holes on the front nine to shoot two over 38, three putts. So, you know, mm. kind of a couple, you know, three putted twice from 50 feet, 60 feet back to back. This is a bad feeling. And you don't want to be that far on a rainy day because the greens are just slower. Yeah. You know, so it's the classic of leaving them, you know, six, seven feet Let me short. call something out on this, <laughs> right? This is funny. I bet you back-to-back three putts, you probably said something yourself like this. Huh? Long putts, tough two putts, tough conditions. And I know I'm a good putter. Yeah, I did actually. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah. You weren't. So isn't it funny how yeah. past successes and the fact that you don't have a judgment on yourself, you actually have confidence in yourself in that area. There's no, what am I doing in my alignment? What am I doing in my stroke? No. You just, draw it up to what it was and you moved on. Yeah. So it was Which like, what you don't do with the driver. Right. So those like, nobody likes to bogey back to back holes, but it was just like, well, those are just long putts. These things can happen, you know? Right. Uh, right. And then I, so I got to the back nine feeling good about the plan I have for the, for the back nine. Um, a little meaning, irked with meaning the, three wood. Yeah. A little irked with the bogeys, but I'm like, you're hitting it good. Yeah, I'm hitting it fine. I've, you know, I man- I've managed the rain enough. And then Ev, par three, tenth hole. I was very clear with what I want to do. Back right pin, 175 yards, uphill, over water a little bit. Bunkers long, tough hole. And I was just like center of the green, little cut. If it cuts, great. If it doesn't, it cut. Seven feet, made a birdie. Right? And then I birdied 11 and I birdied 12. And those holes were just, could have been driver off the tee. I chose three wood. And then I chose three wood again and had a little longer, you know, like nine iron and eight iron coming in, stuck them both and just, you know, and then the rain stopped, which helped. Um, and I went on to make five birdies in the back nine. I haven't shoot 32, uh, which was, I was really proud of, you know, mm-hmm. last hole, 18, 380, no trouble. It's driver hole. It really should be. I just, but I didn't feel it. It wasn't like the week before. Yeah. I just is like, I'm in a dark place. <laughs> I've convinced myself <laughs> I'm in a dark place with my driver. I'm hitting a three wood, you know, and I yeah. was 20, 25 yards behind the guys in my group. They were good players, but I, then I pulled an eight iron, hit a little, drew an eight iron, like localized. You know what? I was going to either hit a little cut seven. I'm like, you know what? No, full release. Let's draw the eight iron get creative, get artistic. Like you like to talk about, Yeah. put it to, put it to eight feet. And I made the putt. And like, it was like, a, you know, what, a, what a day. So I'll be honest with you. I've never been the guy that was willing to spend 500 plus dollars on a putter. I just wouldn't do it. But I think all of us are kind of intrigued. If you don't have a Scotty Cameron or a Bettinardi or one of those putters, that's one piece milled, meaning it gets cut away from a single block of steel, AKA super pure off the face and just a beautiful piece of equipment. I think we all want that type of putter, but I don't think there's many of us that want to spend over $500. Well, I've got some good news for you guys. I found a brand new putter company called Meridian Putters that does the same thing, if not better, as a Bettinardi or Scotty Cameron. It's one piece milled, it's cut down from a single block of steel, but they don't believe in stock. They believe in personalizing and crafting the putter that you want, a one of one putter. Now they've got certain head types, finishes, face cuts. You could put an insert. Here's what I did. I'm gonna break down what I did for mine. I did the Tybee putter, which is kind of like a, a half mallet, look. I did the brush stainless steel. I did a copper insert. I put the Partrain logo on the heel, which looks beautiful against the copper insert to the left of it and the beautiful stainless steel shining perfectly. It's like the light from the heavens comes down. It just looks incredible. And then they also have coordinates. So you can pick a coordinate of something meaningful to you. I picked the old course at St. Andrews, my favorite place in the world. So I've got the coordinates of the old course on the toe. And then I had them engrave hashtag enjoy the ride on the sole. 
and I put it to the test against my Betonardi, which by the way, I didn't pay for. I was sent my Betonardi, which I love. I put great with it. And I just did a YouTube video that compares the two. You'll have to check out our video on YouTube to see how that showdown went. But TLDR, short, it's Cliff Notes version. It performed pretty much just as good as my Betonardi for half the price. All the putters on meridian.com, meridianputters.com started 250 bucks. And that's to craft a personalized, perfect putter for you milled from a block of steel. Totally unbelievable in this market where a stock putter and the corral at a Dick's Sporting Goods starts at 250. You can craft your perfect putter from milled steel for 250 bucks. It's unheard of. And not to mention the code train will get you 25% off. So that's about 200 bucks starting price. Unheard of. So go to meridianputters.com and craft yourself the perfect putter. You deserve it. You deserve to fall in love with the look and the feel of your putter. It'll translate to confidence and it'll get you excited to walk up to the green instead of fearing a three putt or feeling doubt in your game. All right, let's get back to the show. Did you find that because you've had confidence with the three wood, when you got, because remember, someone might be listening to this and be like, he's better with his three wood than his driver. That's what it is. But like we talked about in the first round, let's unpack what happens when you hit a three wood versus what happens when you hit a driver. When you had your three wood, did you get target side really quickly? Because you made a decision, you had the right plan, you focus all on your shot? It's, it's just like, yeah, way less thinking. Like yeah. the routine is flowing. Yeah. And so you see how much better you play with a plan? Correct. And it's unfortunate that I had to, I, I, I was like just done with the driver, right? It was unfortunate. But I also, I think guys, when listeners out there, there's just going to be certain days too, when you're playing certain golf courses, if you can't, you can't get up there and clear your mind and some, to some degree with a good plan to make it an aggressive swing of the driver, you need a different club yeah. for that day. Right yeah. now I've got to go <clears throat> figure this out. So because I can't be, I can't hit it into the, I can't hit it into the water and the gunch all day. If I spray it and that's what. Yeah. I've done happen. it. Oh, sure. All day. All yeah. All day. Right. But the, you know, the previous round, I can at least go find the golf in the trees. Right. Well, you right? got, you know, so it's, there's this strategic element sometimes too, you know, you're like, this isn't the course to do this. Right. No, like, yeah. Well, it's one thing if your driver's lit off, but if you're second guessing yourself over every, right. you know, squeezing so, the club, squeezing the club to death, which is right. what I did on that drive on the fourth hole. And then I'm a whole different person with a three wood and, you know, and I can get away with it because it's not a super long course. I was, it was like, you walk off the day like that, putted like a hero, you know, you just, you're making putts from ever six birdies, but as wise golfers, I'm so proud of the round, but I'm also thinking to myself as I'm going home, like, what am I going to do about my driver? Yeah. Because I get a call to go play a long golf course tomorrow or somewhere else where you just really need the driver. Right. Mm. So yeah, it's like, what am I going to do? Right. It feels like something that you have to like solve. It feels like something that I've, I've felt that what you just described. I have felt that for years and, you know, I was before I'm starting to hit the new three wood good again which is a great feeling but you know before when i had my rocket balls people were like dude put the driver away and never hit it again go, like can i ask you something why don't you just go back to the rocket balls because i, I ruined what's it been challenging for you is not only you off the tee you just had the struggles but it's been with the three wood and the hybrid too like yeah like you got it what i just described getting that go-to shot in those tough days is what you need to get back and once you do that that's going to at least level out. Right. Right. I'm starting to get that again with the um, stealth too. Well, why don't um, you just go back to the rocket balls? I'm well, I ruined it. I, I'd have to buy another one because what I did stupidly oh. was I cut it down before oh, I yeah, went to we, well, yeah, New Zealand. Story. Yeah. We, yeah. We remember that. But why don't and you just buy another one? I could. I could. Maybe I should. But so here's my hypothesis. This is what I thought when you told me this off air before we started recording. To me, obviously, there's a plan and there's confidence in the plan, not necessarily even in the game, but 
Like you made a decision, you were decisive, which I think is really important for you. And then you got target side and you started hitting shots. You're a shot maker. Yeah. Right. So anytime you start getting player side, that's a sign that you're getting stressed and focused on stuff that doesn't help you. So that's one. We know that. Two, I get curious that when I think about Arizona, yeah. And when I think about another round we did a podcast on this year where you shot, I think, under par at a very cold, tough, tight course. And oh, the other I had, six, I had 69 with it was like kind of like a course I, I was just describing. A lot of trouble. Yes. Like right. This, yeah. It's yeah, the same thing. A lot yeah. of trouble. Yeah. Uh, tough conditions. And yeah. we talked about two rounds then, too. It was a 76, I think, versus 69. Or maybe a 75, yeah, or I don't know, whatever it was. 73, 69, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the round where you shot a 73 was with people you know, course you p- grew up playing, much easier, yeah. great conditions, worse score. Now, the thing that I find interesting is you're a grinder at heart. Yeah. And this is a, there, this is the third time on this show we have realized that when the lights are on, so Arizona – we're in a competition. We're on camera. We're playing with people that have heard of us and the show. And then two rounds that are tough conditions, really tough courses. I think you, like a lot of really good players, sometimes you need a little bit of extra on the line to make you focus a little bit harder and get into that compete mode a little bit more. You're right, Ev. And there's sometimes I need to like kind of be hard on myself. I'll add in this is you just got this out of me. Made me think of something on this round that I shot 70. The guys I was playing with, one of them was a very good player. We never played together. He's from Germany. He's got a rental set. Okay. And he shoots even on the front nine. And a great guy, you know, like we met once before. I'm like, how is this guy beating me with a rental set? Mm-hmm. I'm like, he's good. This guy can play, stud player. I'm like, so I'm like, would you just get it together? <laughs> no, these thoughts can be good for some people and bad for others because you're worried yeah. about guys. Bad for like, me. And we weren't even playing. He and I were not playing a match. But I'm just like, boy, I, I was really admiring his focus. He's like, a, I mean, classic German Bernhard Langer. His name's to be a great guy. Just great swing, great plan. Yeah. He's yeah. just coming out here playing beautifully. And he ended up shooting even. Like, great. But I think I, so I almost took something from him. Like, boy, he just seems really dialed in. And focus a little harder, get more dialed in. So You know what this reminds me of? What do you think of that? I love that. Well, that just shows that like, hey, sometimes it's not a bad thing. Like you create an own, your own little competition within yourself and suddenly you start to get a little bit more offensive. Right. Like Jordan did that every almost every game, it seemed like on the last dance, like he just creates stuff to like give himself a little bit of added juice. Now, the funny thing is sometimes I can get in your way. You have to know, you know, your personality and look at the past results to see if that helps or hurts you. But I've played at a nine hole executive called Penmar here, and I have a tendency when I'm getting really uncomfortable or not feeling good, I won't make a full turn. Like a lot of people don't. And when I don't make a full turn, that's what's going to make my shoulders dive out. The club gets way outside my hands over the top. And I hit the worst drive you could ever. I'm talking cut across high, like literally probably went 200 yards straight up in the air, 60 yards right on the other fairway on a wide open drivable. You're you're like, how is this possible? And then there's this guy I'm playing with that is stoned out of his mind. He might've been on other things and he's just striping it down the middle. Man-made swing. He's in his his flow. And here I am. I'm thinking you host a fucking podcast and you have all the resources you want. And Stony Baloney over here is kicking your ass. What the fuck are you doing? It's a similar example, but different with our personalities and kind of our yeah, way of like, talking to ourselves, but right. similar. It's, it's but like, isn't it funny how like together? Yeah. If we're that is instant, like ego comparison. And in my case, I don't think it helps me. 
Yeah. Right. What I would, what I, if the, for, for listeners right now, what, what I take away sometimes and I took away from Tobias was how just assertive mm-hmm. and how good that routine was. Yeah. And it was just like, you know, not like in, I wasn't in anything else, just like, wow, he, there's a, there's a level of assertiveness there that I can, I, I can certainly do. And mm-hmm. I've just not quite had, you know, so it wasn't anything yeah. to do with how high he could hit it or the shots. He was, he was just like, boy, he really looks focused. Yeah. Now, right. And then the guy you were playing with totally opposite, right. In terms of the personality and what was helping them. Like, right. You know, but in the zone, like guys, they're, we all have our own zone in a different way. So right. I wasn't necessarily trying to copy my playing partner because he's different than me, but I was admiring his assertiveness and then I kind of ticked me off a little bit. <laughs> so yeah. it motivated me. And then I went, yeah. you know, I birthed the next three. <laughs> you know, it's just like, go, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. So assertiveness, decisive, focus on shots instead of, you know, player side stuff, alignment. There's just some some golf courses like the Preserve at Oak Meadows, for example, if you cannot get to a, a committed, healthy place with the driver off the tee, you've got to take it out of the bag. I mean, I yeah. don't want you, like, and then get back and figure it out. But like, if you're playing for score, you know, Evan, I, you know, so you, once you get that go-to shot back, I mean, I've watched you hit three woods, 290, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know, if you're playing yeah. desert golf and the driver's not there, right. Once you figure that out, you know, then, then, the driver, will, I think, will come back a little more naturally. Yeah. But it's a hard decision. Have you talked about it? Because you said, well, shit, I got to hit driver, right? I got to figure this thing out. Right. And the only <clears> way I'm going <throat> to figure it out is out here. You know, um, I've got to go figure out the driver out before I play next. <laughs> you know, but I was able to, lean, you know, lean on. But isn't it playing funny? The, playing the course a different way. Um, isn't it funny how my attitude about the club kind of dictates the swing a little bit? Yeah. Because yeah. like when I had that rocket balls, I knew I was going to rip it. Like I knew it. And well, that's the best I, feeling in the world. And I did nine times out of 10. I know people I've, were like blown away. Well, yeah. When I play with you, when you had it, it's like, okay, driver struggling. I'm going through. Boom. Got this. Yeah. And it's so funny. how like people are, might think that's just the club, but we let our past experiences dictate our attitude with it. And I think that's, that might be the hardest part about golf. And one of the most valuable lessons well, is acting not- as if when you don't have the the signs is kind of what you have to do. Like you kind of have to, you kind of yeah. have to say, how would I step up to this shot? If I would have ripped it on the last hole, you kind of have to trick yourself sometimes. Well, Ev, we're not going to get into equipment talk to end this conversation, but I think you should go back to the rocket balls. I went back to my bent Nardi putter when I've, you know, I've tried some different putters, different grips, and you just kind of, sometimes you have to go back to past good memories with what you're looking down at Yeah. and, re- and recapture. Obviously, you know, I had to do something with my grip that helped my putting. You may have to do something a little bit, but like there's something to it. I still have the rocket balls. And I always think to myself, well, I should get a new three wood. It's like, why? I had a caddy at Cyprus tell me, he goes, dude, this thing's dead. You need a new, this thing's 13 years old. Dude, my, my hybrid's 16 years old. And I can do things with that that people can't. It's a COVID yeah. baffler. Yeah. Doesn't even sell the shaft anymore. <laughs> like, yeah. So I don't know, you know, because I, you know, so much of golf, like we've talked about today is you've got to really figure out how to sometimes lean on the past successes. Right, mm-hmm. whether it was the attitude, tempo, but sometimes old clubs are old friends, you know. And all you need to do is just get a new one, so it's not dead. Yeah, you know, it's not. Don't cut it down. Let's guys don't, don't cut it down. down. Don't be cutting down through it, guys. Don't uh, cut it down. It'll ruin it. Because when I asked, when I got to cut down, and the guy at the store goes, didn't even mention swing weight. Yeah. And all I got all the Twitter responses. I was like, I'm fucked. Because well, yeah, there was a time when Tiger was struggling with his putting in the late 90s, and he went back, he let put the camera down for a little bit, he went to a, a ping. Marco Mara gave him a ping because it reminded him 
you know, he had a ping answer when he was a kid. So he reminded him of his old days and, and, and he was leaning on past successes. And I think that's might be the story with the three wood, you know, because you got to get that. That used to be your go-to club when the driver was struggling. You've got to get that back. Yeah, totally. Well, we'll <laughs> see this. The South was really good last time. So we'll see. But I think the main takeaways here are look at, I think here's my send off message. We do mental game roundtables because we have a podcast. I right. think everybody should do a mental game roundtable with themselves. Like, I think you have to reflect on where your mind goes, what your plan was, if any, and what led to certain things. And sometimes you're just off, right? It doesn't mean anything. Correct. Some days are better. Than sometimes you just have to fun. like, you know. That's just the game. I think we need to expect consistency a little bit less to John Sherman's tweet and your yes. point. And I don't think we can expect our minority shots to show up the majority of the time. You know, so I, I think this we didn't expect this episode. This was kind of focused on the driver. Yeah. But I think coming off of the Ward Jarvis episode we just did of how to fix a big miss, this is kind of another version of managing the miss off the tee. I, I, I like, yeah, I, right. There's when it's going bad, it's so easy to stop playing golf and start trying golf and forgetting yeah. about course management, forgetting about strategy, forgetting about score, shots. you know, because shots, you know, um, because it is like, it is easy to say, dude, focus on shots. I have no idea where this is going. Like I haven't hit a shot with this in three rounds. Like it's easy to feel that, but then you have to take a step back and say, well, what am I thinking then? I'm thinking don't hit it right again. Or I'm thinking, I can't believe this club is still a problem. I'm thinking things that are creating right. tension and stress. So those same results are popping up. It's a, it's a cycle. So I have to think differently to get different results. I have to, John from mental golf type told me, he's like, how do you feel when you hit an amazing drive? And you described it perfectly. You feel like a hero. Yeah. Now I don't want you stepping into the shot until you feel that in your veins, feel that. And then break the glass in the sky, right? That's what he was talking to me about, which is very offensive right. and aggressive. Right. But everything I just described before that is very defensive. Right. So they're totally different states. Right. And that's those type that type of thinking is the way to think, right? Then you tweak it for the golfer. There's times you don't you don't think you're overthinking, but you are. You know, yeah. I wasn't worried about where it was gonna go. I wasn't, but I was worried about do I feel right in my setup? My is you know, my you know, my working into the golf ball correctly. So yeah. Love it. I have you know, I think uh, this is this is a great talk, you know, and uh um, I don't have to go reinvent. Certainly, I, I'm able to shoot good scores with the driver. Remember, realize that guy is too because that this driver may come back once I get my thinking a little clearer. Vocalization, you know. I'd say um, another good thing for you to say to yourself, just an idea, is hitting errant drives actually is good for your game because you're a grinder and you're a scrambler. So, like, and when that happens. I'd almost think if I was you, like, all right, it might be one of those days, but I'm a hell of a good scrambler and that's what I'm best at. So like, right. yeah, bring it on, you know? Yeah, 100%. And there's, there's there's ways to manage it, right? Yeah. But understand the course too. Understand the course setup. Because that might help you go a little bit away from the sirens being turned on and panic because you shot under par when hitting drives like that. Correct. Right. And what, what Lou Stagner says, especially for the, the 10 to 15 handicap, you're losing too many balls off the tee, right? Mm -hmm. Into hazards, out of play, out of bounds. So if you can develop a second go-to shot with that hybrid three wood, yeah. you, you surprise yourself and you learn from those confident swings you make that we can translate over into our driver when we get back at it. Yeah, you know? totally. Yep. But, Love it. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation. I thought this was great. I think everybody will be able to relate to this for sure. Not everybody will might be able to relate to shooting under par, but 
look to but, see what he yeah. did to shoot under par to help you break whatever you're trying to break. Right. right. My so, 70 could be your 79 or your 89. Right. Right. Totally. So no matter how many times they hit a ball OB or how uncomfortable they feel over a tee shot, what do they got to do, sir? Just go the right. Go the right, guys. Take care. Hey, guys, this is Evan. Real quick before you hop off the train, I got something for you. It's called The Train of Thought. It's our new email newsletter. Would you like to get one nugget, insight, or thought that we're pondering every week that could help keep you sharp and help your mental game? Go to thepartrain.com and subscribe to The Train of Thought newsletter today. It's really the best way to enjoy the ride. See you guys.